0: Communities have a tendency to turn their back on us. Shouldn't church be the last place to cause trauma? So, if you listen closely, you can hear someone in the background going, You'll be back. What? Soon you'll see. What? And that's me. <laughs> a couple weeks ago, my best friend and I went to a thing called Broadway Rave, and it's literally exactly as it sounds. It is a Broadway Rave. It's a ra- it's a it's this hall that they rent out, and there's a DJ that comes out and just plays only Broadway show tunes or just show tunes and and they're not edited to make it seem like you know like like a jersey club or something like you be back back it's not like that it's literally like they were playing high school musical they played a little bit of disney they played a lot of hamilton they played a little bit of rent they played a little little bit of dear evan hansen and it was one of the most ethereal experiences of my life Welcome back to another episode of Pearls and Cucumbers, the podcast. I'm your host, Sasha Pearl. Thanks for bearing with me. I know I was gone last week, but I'm back this week. Um, I have a little time to myself. There's a moment where there is people are either upstairs, um, you know, like uh, upstairs in in their rooms, about to go to sleep, or people are out the house. And I was sitting here watching you on Netflix, which... We'll, we'll get into that in a second. I can't even finish it. It's so chaotic. Um, and I was like, you know what? let me not sit here and wait to do an episode because I've been so busy at work and busy with other personal projects and just upkeep with my my mental state and my body and I'm actually in a really beautiful place right now and um you know when, when I'm the, when I'm like this, I'm like, okay, time to delve into all the things I want to do. one of them being podcast episodes so, i was trying to think of a topic because i was like okay what 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 have i talked about so real quick last week's episode titled managers aren't human um i talked a little bit about restaurant culture about um the dynamics between like employers employees and and managers and their employers and like how you know we often view them as like not human because you know we just see them as these items that are supposed to either block us from the bullshit that comes at us, like either whether it's parents at a school or it's um, guests at a restaurant or just they're supposed to be sort of this barrier. They're supposed to help us and lead us and manage us. And oftentimes, um, you know, like we know they have human emotions and we have human emotions because they're not robots. They are humans. And oftentimes we sort of lose sight of that. And like we see each other as like objects or just, um, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to say it, but like, we just see each other as things in the way of getting to the ultimate goal for lack of a better term, but yeah, lack of a better term. So if you didn't listen to it, listen to that episode, um, I enjoyed doing that. That was nice to sort of talk about, especially with my transition to uh from a restaurant to working in a school and sort of bouncing back and forth because I am still doing both jobs and seeing the dynamic that is that differs between the like for me, I'm a paraprofessional, I'm a one-to-one aide in a classroom. There's one-to-one aides and then there's the teacher's assistant and there's a the teacher, and then above that is administration. So like the people that would be giving the lead teacher instructions, um, uh, is even is higher than me. So like, there's all these people that I have to sort of go through before like an ultimate decision is made. So, um, that's really an interesting dynamic. I've sort of had to tussle with a little bit and, uh, I'll even share it. So today I was, uh, I was on the laptop. I had a free moment at work. I had to do like a request off, um, thing because I have a doctor's appointment. So uh I was actually like all the stuff because I've worked at the school. I started working there in 2018 and um you know like I've worked at both campuses and then I left for a year and I went back. But all the stuff that I've worked on, all the things that I've done are still up. They're still um there like I-, I did PowerPoints for students. I've done uh you know these charts I've done a bunch of things for my student personally and a bunch of other students. And, um, I did, I did just so many things and I didn't even realize in the course of my, um, my employment there, um, how many things I did. And it made me like a little bit sad. Cause I was just like, wow, I miss, I miss sort of the old dynamic I had because with this class, I'm way later in the year, things are sort of settled. And, um, it's, it's a, it's a much stronger, um, I don't want to say a much stronger teacher because the teacher I was with before is amazing. And I love her so much. It's just very, she's very, uh, the teacher I'm with now is very set and very stern with the way things are run. So like any suggestion, it's not like she won't allow any suggestions, but it's, there's not much room for suggestions um, and things of that sort. So yeah, it's been, it's been sort of, different navigating that but like not bad you know what i mean it's just like an adjustment i feel definitely much less useful in this classroom than i have in the past i haven't felt like i needed to step up and do too too much which has honestly been kind of a relief it's kind of nice to just be like asha just do the exactly what you need to do and nothing more and it's like Wow, I go home and I don't stress about work. And I have it in like a month now. So that's been, that's been an experience. <laughs> so on this sixth episode, it was funny because I was scrolling through topics that I wanted to talk about. And um, you know, I have like a bunch of stuff that I've written down. Oh Lord, let me turn off the volume on my phone before it screams in your face. Um, I was scrolling through topics I want to talk about, and I always go to my notes app. Notes app is one of the best apps. I saw a Instagram story the other day that said it's one of the most underrated apps, and um, you know, like, cause you you can you could uh, scan a document and make it a PDF and be able to send it to people. And um, it's honestly one of the craziest. I was like, wow, phones are just phones are crazy. <laughs> so um, I was looking through like a bunch of topics. So I I I think at one point in the past, I've like read through certain things on my notes app. I don't know if I've read it or if I've, I may have, re- I think I also wrote an article called "No Um." Uh, things from my notes app, but let me see. So some of the things like fighting depression is so strange. I have like something from that from uh, two years ago. I have a poem called, I hate you. I have something called fuck change. Um <laughs> I have literally, it's, it's sometimes I'll just write things that I that I think and it's literally, or I've said out loud. And I'm like, literally one of my notes I have things says, using my Inuyasha ramen bowl as a blunt tray is an aesthetic choice I choose to view as growth. I, <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know what that's from. Weird ass, what a weird ass full circle moment. The Speedy Mart used to be, the Speedy Mart used to be just the corner store where I bought cupcakes with the white swirl. Now they sell pre-rolls and oil cartridges. They have cupcakes still though. (laughs) I feel like I've written that somewhere. Somebody somebody, um, let me know if I've already written this or if I already said this on the podcast, but um, this is actually really funny. So, but what popped up that I was like, yeah, definitely need to talk about this. It's called, um, literally, it's just a title. There's nothing written there, but I know exactly where my mind was when this happened. Um, and it was written on March 26, 2023. That was like literally a few days ago. Um, it's called Church is Trauma. Wow. <laughs> that, um, I just cracked my knuckle because I was like, it, it was almost like a nervous twitch because it shouldn't feel that way. But so often people feel that way. That's It's more often than not that you come across people that are it, it, it's one side, it's, it's uh, on either side of the spectrum, right? It, it's, it's, uh, I I feel in my experience, it's rare that you come across people that have um, sort of that understanding or that in between feeling where it's like, yeah, I'm, you know, I, I, I feel, I, I still consider myself a Christian, or I still consider myself an atheist. But, um, you know, I do believe there's a higher being, or I do believe um, that not everything in the Bible sort of uh, is, is, entirely the way we should be living our lives so like it's not often that we sort of come across these um individuals that are in the middle of the spectrum but in my experience i feel people are either i'm an atheist and you're an idiot if you believe in anything other than yourself and uh science or i'm a christian and you are uh going to be damned to hell if you don't follow exactly in the steps of christ and um both of those sides of the spectrum have in, uh, inflicted some kind of, uh, you know, fight or flight inside of me at some point of my life, right? So growing up, um, I uh, I'll, think the first time I remember, I, I always remember praying over my food. I've always, um, even before going to church, because I don't remember going to church until like after kindergarten. And my earliest memory is when I was like 4 years old. But um my one of my first memories of going to church, I with my I went with my best friend in kindergarten and her family and my and my mom and my brother went. And we went to this church in Montclair and it was a mega church. And that might not even be the first time I went, but that's the first time I remember going. And um, all I remember was like, wow, there's a lot of people here. This is very overwhelming. Um, I didn't under, you know, at this time, I don't think this was even like a discussion amongst people, uh, or at least an open discussion that I was aware of. But like, you know, sensory overload wasn't like spoken about a lot. So like, I remember, ex- like, now that I can identify it, it was sensory overload. And I was like, what? is Going on, all, all these people are coming up to me, all these people, and it was it was reminiscent of like family reunions, which I never have liked going to, and I'm so sorry if like a family member listens to this and they're like, Oh, how dare you! I hate family reunions, I truly, truly do, because you're around a bunch of people. This is your aunt, something or another from your on your dad's side, and da 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 And it's like, I have never seen you in my life, and if I have, it was when I was this small, and I don't remember you because there's a a thousand adults that are touching my face and touching me and asking me why I don't eat hamburgers. And it's like, it's just so like wild to me. And I wouldn't even like, often I feel like it's like a trend to be like, Oh, I'm an introvert and I'm um, neurodivergent and like, blah, blah, blah. Like, I I don't think I'm an introvert necessarily. I think I'm uh, overwhelmingly, um, I, I recede into myself very often because I have to observe what's going on to see if it's okay for me to come out my shell because I'm so I'm I feel I've often been judged by everybody, but like particularly my family. and um. In a lot of situations, and even if it's never been said to me out loud, you can feel that. Like a child can feel when people are looking at them funny, and even as an adult, I can tell when somebody's looking at me sideways. So, like, it's not that you know I'm not hurt, and I'm not saying this as like a slam piece, like "How dare you talk about me when I was a child?" Blah. blah, blah. I don't care at <laughs> this point. I'm I'm damn near thirty, and um, it is what it is, and I know my place in people's lives, or I know what they are in my lives, and I'm not hurt by it. I'm just aware of it, right? So my first experience in church was very similar to family reunions I've been to in the past, where it was like, I'm trying to sort of put myself out there in a certain way. And, you know, church has been explained to me as like this open community and we all love Christ and we have to be God-like and God loves us all. So we should love each other and blah, 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 blah. And then that experience was completely different from um, what people have said to me. So fast forward couple years later, we go to another quote unquote church, but it was like in um a family friend's basement. And it was like a couple of my mom's friends and friends of friends and their kids. And it was like the woman who house whose house we were at, shout out to Pastor Locke. She's you know, she will Miss Deborah. She will always be like a, uh, you know, a person that i carry with me in my heart. Just the funniest, kindest person ever. She um led church in her basement on Sundays. And um i remember like there was a couple christmases that we like uh gave food out to like the homeless and gave like presents out to like you know to people during the holiday season and it was like such a cool thing to do. And i've done that with my dad as well at his church and um in Jersey, and like it, you know, just stuff like that. So, I remember that experience, and it was a little different because I was with a couple people that were like my age or a couple years older, and it was just it was cool because I was like, All right, like you know, I'm with my friends here too, and there's not so many people. But then, the couple people that were there, I remember it was like when people, you know, how um, people start to pray and they start murmuring to themselves, and you lift your hands, you're like, Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord, thank you, Lord. And it's a bunch of people humming and doing that. And I distinctly have a memory of like looking around as everyone's like humming and like saying thank you, Lord, to their like themselves under the breath. And I genuinely, as a child, I had to be like eight or nine. As a child, I was like, oh, they're summoning somebody. <laughs> like some, like, like something, like, I didn't want to say the devil. I didn't want to say an angel, but something about to pop up in this basement. And I remember I was like, I was like touching my mom. I was like, mommy, mommy. And she was like, shh, it's okay. It's okay. And I was freaking out. So try, like, <laughs> I've so, so far between the ages of like six and nine, I've named two experiences in two different church settings that I've obviously have stuck with me that just make me so anxious and actually elicit a physical like I had to take off my blanket elicit a physical reaction in me I was like absolutely not don't like this don't want to do this again so fast forward a little further excuse me fast forward a little further um at this point my parents are not together and um every other weekend I'm like spending with my dad and my mom and you know alternatively whatever so a couple Sundays I would go to church with my dad, my brother, and I, and uh, and this is like before my sister was born, I think, and and after, but like definitely before. This is what I remember more, and it was Baptist church, right, bro? It was long as hell. If anyone has ever been to one of the old fashioned Baptist church churches, church services, bro, it lasts from, let's say, it starts at like eight a.m. And you are there until 2 p.m. That is a full school day. I am at this I am at this church building for an entire school day. I remember fall, I remember falling asleep in the pews and getting pinched to wake up. I remember the transitions between prayer and, and the sermon and you know the deacons coming up and like just the transitions between each portion of the of the um service was like these long songs that were, it was just wild. It was so wild. And then it was another hour of saying goodbye to everybody. And then sometimes they had food downstairs. So we like, yo, I'm getting loud because those were like, Like, I just remember dreading going to church on Sundays with my dad because, and and I know, I know for a fact, my dad was like, because I would, because my dad can fall asleep at the drop of a hat, right? He can be sitting up. And that's because of his military days, bro. He would be sitting up and all of a sudden close his eyes, have a full-on nap, a dream and everything and wake up and then just move about his day like nothing happened. I caught him doing that one time in church. Sorry to call you out, dad. It happened. (laughs) So I know he was tired during those services too. These were the longest freaking services ever, bro. It was insane. So number three. So first one was sensory overload. Second one was terror At people murmuring to themselves. uh, Part uh, third experience was um, just these long services that felt like, you know, I was ripping my my ears out from this, you know, (laughs) from the school day. And this isn't to say that I didn't retain some of the information. And I'm just I'm saying this to say like, so often we're ignoring how the message is being told to us because we're so rigid in how it should be told and not realizing that I'm, as, as a 29 year old woman, I have retained more bad experiences from church than good ones. I can remember most of the bad things that have happened to me in my life from church, than the lessons that I've learned that have changed my life. Right. And it's not always because of the messenger. It's not always because of the setting, but so often I just have like these, like, when I like the idea of going to church sometimes literally elicits like a panic in my chest and my brain and my, and my, and my legs and my feet. Like I feel it in certain areas. And that's something I was talking about in therapy, which is really cool. Um, I have to say shout out to my my therapist. I'm not going to sh- say his name. Cause I don't know if he wants his information out there, but shout out to him because he really has been putting in work on my mental state, bro. And like, we've been talking about physically, what elicits a reaction in you, right? And the first time you've ever felt that emotion and sort of trace it back and try to work through it and understand why those things happen, right? Um, I'm going to take a small break and we're going to come right back. All right, welcome back. So, um, so far I've listed like three experiences that have uh, that trigger like like an, almost a trauma response in me uh, concerning church, right? Um, and it's funny because uh, as, as I'm doing this, right, I have like a thousand and one tabs open. And one of the tabs is something I started in therapy where I called about, uh, we have been doing a lot of these practices where it's like a, a tapping solution, which I've mentioned before. And I think I put a link to it um, in one of the last couple uh, show. So if you guys go back a couple episodes, it should be in the description. Um, okay, car, keep it moving. Thank you. This is, this is not a town you should be rubbing your engine like that. Nobody's worried about your car. So, <laughs> so, um, we talked about the tapping solution and therapy. Um, I have like a bunch of tabs open that talk about how to do it on your own. And then I have tabs open on, you know, guided meditation and things like that. So one of the newer things we talked about, uh, It's called the Personal Peace Procedure. And I'll put the link to this in the bio. Um, Actually, I will, but definitely read this page and see if this is for you. And definitely I would consider talking to someone about this because it can be very, very triggering. Um, But the reason I'm doing it is because I have somebody that's going to guide me through it. But it's a very like kind of triggering procedure. So basically the way my, my therapist sold me on it I, like And I was like, absolutely not When initially when he said it. Write down every single bad thing that's ever happened in your life. What? Absolutely not. <laughs> what do you mean? I don't want to go back to that. I don't want to think about the time and um, during the... Uh... <laughs> Why did this pop up in my head? I don't want to think about the time that I went to Skate 22 during like the DARE program, like graduation ceremony. And I went up to a kid thinking it was my friend. And then it was this guy and I put my hand on his shoulder and he was like, who are you? And I was mortified. I don't want to think about that, but got to write that down, actually. So... You write down all of the bad things that have ever happened to you. And a lot of the things uh, sort of end up coinciding with each other. So if I have a lot of like 10 things in a row that talk about financial insecurity, that sort of counts as one thing, right? So you talk about these things. And then for me, um, my, all my woo-woo shit, that I tap on it. So I do like the tapping solution. And that sort of brings me down. I talk about, you know, sort of the things that, uh, the feelings that come forth when I think about this, when I talk about this hi, Chewie. <laughs> and then I, um, and then I sort of tell myself, okay, I know I'm feeling all these things, but also it's okay to feel these things. And also I'm allowed to work through it because I've grown from it. And I'm now I'm in, you know, keeping with the example of the financial security, I am, um, much more financially stable than I have been in the past. So those are all really cool things to sort of talk about, but I definitely, definitely, definitely like, first of all, and I should say this at the beginning of every episode, but I, I think y'all sh- I, I, I've also said this several times, and I think it's, it's also my bio. I am not a healthcare professional. I am not a psychiatrist. I am not a psychologist, I'm not a therapist. Um, I'm a mental wellness advocate. Um, so what that means is that I definitely advocate and I and I promote and I want people to find solutions that um, will further their mental wellness. And a lot of the show is just me sort of working through my mental health issues and sort of promoting mental wellness in other people while finding it in myself. Right. So with this particular uh, project or this, this procedure, it's, it's sort of a more advanced um, coping mechanism that can end up sort of uprooting things in you that if you don't know how to sort of talk yourself out of, these bad mental spaces can sort of send you spiraling. So I definitely suggest you asking a mental health professional about this and seeing if this is the right thing for you. But I will put the link in the bio because it was it's it, so far um, me talking about my church trauma is um, helping me uh, sort of uh, like talking, like talking about it. I remember things and I'm like, oh wow, that's crazy. And then being able to write it down sort of if I feel something super strong about it, I'm able to tap on it. So anyway getting back to church trauma. Let's fast forward to some of the last experiences that I've had. So um, last thing I said was the, it was my dad's church. So I, I kept going to my dad's church for a while um, on and off. And then um, I can't exclude this. And this doesn't really count as trauma. This is just another experience that sort of constitutes constitutes as church. But my mom started doing Bible studies with me and my brother since I was like, 10, maybe even before then. And um that was that was a substitute for church for years. We were always doing Bible study every Sunday morning. And that doesn't, that's not trauma for me, but that's another one of those examples where it's like, I gotta wake up early and I gotta sit on the couch when I really just want to like watch TV or do my, you know, like play a video game or whatever. But like I, you know, whatever. Um so, but that's probably the best, I like me talking about like how close-knit I am with my mom and my brother, like how it's always been the three of us, like it's us against the world. That's one of those examples where it's like one of my better experiences at church, at a, in a church setting or a Bible study setting has been with my mom and my brother. So um, shout out to you, mommy. <laughs> so moving on, when I was about 14, I started going, my mom's friend from work invited her to her church. My mom's friend is Dominican and the church was Spanish speaking, but every once in a while they would have like a bilingual service to bring in more people. So that's the beginning of (laughs) a lot of stuff that I definitely don't want to bore y'all with and to keep, uh, I, I don't want to out any particular people I'm not trying to make it seem like these people are awful people. Cause everyone goes through their own things, but I do want to make a point. Um, how do I start this? So there's a, it's not just church and being there that cause a lot of trust, um, issues with me and the church. Uh, it's, there's, there's these racial um these racial issues that come about there's these um family issues that come about there's a lot of things that sort of happened between the ages of honestly 14 and 22 14 and 21 something in that and that range that really like um have sort of permanently, in my opinion, permanently damaged me from um, trusting another quote unquote church family, right? Um, <laughs> and even thinking about it, I'm like, wow, this is uh, sort of eliciting an emotion I wasn't expecting to feel. Um, basically, I started going to this this church and the just like a lot of places, Um, and with younger people, you want to be accepted immediately. So you sort of overcompensate and then you begin to reach out a little more than you would um, people that you know. So I felt this enormous, you know, warmth, but also I was 14, 15, and that was standoffish. And I was a teenager and I was afraid and anxious and, you know, all these emotions, but I also was like, oh my gosh, these people are older and they like me and they want to be my friend. So like, I love it here. So it's this initial like, wow, I'm bonding with these, you know, 19, 20 year olds as this like 15, 16 year old. Um, And then you start to get older and then you start to see the way they talk about you and the way they talk about your family. And you start to see um, the changes in the church and the resentment that people feel because we are not the same. And although church is meant to be this out, like essentially like an outreach program, it's meant to be this forget about, for, for uh, cause I'm not thinking about necessarily the religion and I'm not thinking about cause church, cause uh Catholic, Christian, Muslim, um, Buddhism um you know all all, all of the Lutheran all the different kinds of churches um the Church of Oprah whatever all the different kinds of churches they all um have the same message essentially where it's I you know we want to bring people to this way of thinking because and and, and if you go to a church it's always supposed to be community. I think, let's actually look that up. What is the definition of church besides, um, let's see, a building used for public Christian worship. It's um, a church for service of Thanksgiving? Mm, the actual meaning of church. So, So the things on Google are saying specifically Um, a building for public worship, specifically Christian worship. But the word translated church in the English Bible is ecclesia. Oh, kind of like iglesia. The word is the Greek kaleo, to call with the prefix ek out. Thus the word means to call out ones. However, the English word church does not come from ecclesia, but from the word Kurakon, which means dedicated to the lord okay so with that being said um i've always grown up so to a certain extent i was correct so like the greek words that translate to church ecclesia um means uh to call one to call out ones no the called out ones i'm sorry the called out ones so to a certain extent, I, I feel like I may have been right, but what I've always been told is church is supposed to be community. Church, the church is supposed to be your community, especially if you decide to um, follow Christ and you believe in God and you want to follow the Christian Bible. The, the point of going to church is to stick with that community, right? And um, one of the things that happened while I was at this church was, I truly did not feel like I was a part of that community. And whether it because I wasn't um, a Dominican person, whether it was because I didn't speak Spanish fluently, whether it was because my family was not a nuclear family with, you know, the husband, the wife, the kids, you know, whatever, um, What whatever the case may be, there was a certain amount of, um, you know, we we were pushed away to a certain extent, and even after growing in the church and staying with the church and becoming a, um. Uh, uh you know, part of the worship team, there was still this lack of acceptance, um, and 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 you know, people will dispute it. Like I, I I'm speaking the truth that I that I've uh, experienced firsthand, right? So, with that being said, there's there's those, the, just the outliers of like the non-acceptance and the, um, the, the feeling like I didn't belong. And then there's like the, the, the things that sort of are closer to home that is actual trauma. So like being, uh, inappropriately touched, uh, being things being told to you that like, you're not good enough, you don't, you know, You're supposed to be a certain way, but you don't look this way. You're supposed to act this way, but you don't act this way. And, you know, all of these things and these isolated events that sort of add up to finally being like, I don't even know if I believe in God at this point, if you people are supposed to be a community and you have constantly preached to me to believe in God, yet you're saying these awful things to me that continue to stick with me now, right? So I started to cry a little bit and I didn't even peep it. (laughs) I had to, I had, I just wiped away some snot. I was like, oh my god, is that is that like the beginning of tears? Was, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's 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 like it's triggering to talk about it. It's depressing and it's a little bit scary and sad. It's scary that for me because it's still um you know it's something that's at least uh, enough in the forefront of my mind to elicit a reaction. But um I, I you know without without ranting for too long, I want to wrap this up and say. There are things that happen in our lives and there are experiences that shape the way we are now. That is a fact. That is, that is a known fact or whether you didn't, or if you didn't know, it's an unknown fact, but people talk about, oh, childhood trauma. That's, that's real. That's true. A lot of what I, a lot of the work that I do in therapy on myself is like, oh, I'm, I still have, um, to give a loose example I I, you know like the the same example for the financial security my lights got turned off when I was five years old and now I'm afraid that my lights are going to be turned off when I'm 25 years old um if I if I don't make enough money so now I overwork myself you know like all those things happen from childhood so like recently I went to church and uh it was for um it was for somebody it wasn't you know it wasn't like, hey, I decided to go to church today. It was, you know, someone invited me and it was for a specific event. So I went to church and all those feelings came flooding back. However, uh, I was able to sort of block it. Um, I compartmentalized, and I said this to my therapist too, who, what these people mean in my lives, right? So a lot of the people from the church I used to go to were there. Um, a lot of the children that were there that I used to teach when I was you know, 20, a lot of the children were there and, um, they're grown now they're in college, which was, that was another, that's a whole other <laughs> kind of triggering, but a lot of them were there. And I was wondering, like, I wonder if they feel the same things that I feel. I wonder if they were experiencing some of the same things I was experiencing as a, you know, teenager in, in this church community. Um, a lot of, I, 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 I no longer believe that the looks are like, oh, look at the beautiful family. I want to invite them to the church. I hope they're enjoying it. Now it it's, it, it, and this is, this. I'm not saying this is a healthy way to think. I'm not even saying this is the right way to think. I'm just sharing my experience. Now it just feels like a very judgmental, like who are these people in this church? Why is she dressed like that? Who does she think she is? I hope they don't come back next week. That's, that's where my mind goes to now, unfortunately. And it's very unfortunate that uh, people have, made me and my family and other people, like not just me, like I'm sure that other people have these experiences. It's unfortunate that the place that's supposed to be called community makes you feel like less of yourself in a sense, right? So like I said, experience from your past, shape the way that you are now, but it's up to you to block those things or to compartmentalize those experiences and those people and those feelings and know that not all of that is your fault. Maybe none of it is your fault. It's not my fault that people look at me and assume one thing, and when they find out I'm not the thing that they've created in their head, they don't like me anymore. That's not my fault. Just like it's not my fault (laughs) that my parents got divorced, it's not my fault that um, the girl that was sitting at table 45 at Outback in 2014 uh, thought my hair was nappy And then the next day, my hair was in braids and talked shit about me on Instagram. All of that, that I've been holding on to, that's not my fault. So all of the things that I consider trauma, all of these experiences that have shaped my disdain for going to church, it's not all my fault. Of course, I take some responsibility for some of my actions. I mean, I'm not a perfect person, but I know that... The things that people have done to me that I didn't deserve, that's not my fault. And I'm not going to continue to carry that with me. And I urge you, it doesn't have to be church being your trauma. It doesn't have to be family. Maybe it's friendships. Maybe it's work. Maybe it's certain experiences that you have going to the store and you don't understand why. Wow, wow, why did that lady... Uh, sort of putting the change on the table and not in my hand trigger me so much. Know that it's not your fault that you feel that way. Someone has made you feel that way. Someone has made that elicit a fight or flight in your chest, in your heart, in your stomach, in your legs, in your head, in your arms, in your body. Somebody has made you feel less than and triggered something, and it's your This is your opportunity right now to work through that. I, like I said before, if you want to try the personal peace procedure, um, I would definitely talk with a mental health professional or do your own research, do extensive research to see if this is good for you. But definitely, 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 I would use the tapping solution. um, And when I come up with more things and my therapist shares more things and I do more research, I definitely urge you to, um, do some work on yourself. I'm talking about my trauma. There's so much trauma out there. And if y'all have more trauma that you want to share with me, don't because I'm not a mental health professional. <laughs> but definitely try to work through that. And um, no, but I definitely want to come up with more things that we can talk about. Um, but yeah, let me close out the show. <laughs> that wraps up another episode of pearls and cucumbers, the podcast. Listen, I talked for like 40 minutes, just myself. I know y'all are tired of me. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I love, love, love y'all and keep your head up. We're going to work through this trauma together. (laughs) Bye.